My name is William Burnett, and we're here with uh, Michelle Erfer, and uh, <laughs> she's our next guest on Talk Video, the, the latest cool music podcast. Yes. Hello. Hello. Um, so just a little bit of an introdu introduction uh, before we get started. Those of you who don't know Michelle from the, from the party scene, um, I don't know how. If you live in New York City or if you live in Brooklyn and, uh, and for the past, what, 15, 15 20 years, years yeah. uh, you, you've seen her at a party. And uh, uh, she's been involved in the music scene, I don't know, whatever you call it. And uh, she's been to all those parties. And she could tell <laughs> you how it was and, and who was there and, and all that stuff. And uh, somehow at this point, uh, it has brought her to become a, a booking agent for... Um, what is it like? I don't know. For the bunker. For the bunker, New York, yeah. which which uh, uh, you're booking shows for um, mm -hmm. some a lot of current DJs and uh, live acts. Yeah, from uh, Mike Servito, Justin yeah. Cudmore, Eris Drew, um, Patrick Russell, Antennas, a lot of people. All Abby Ekaveri. All star cast. Yes, <laughs> mostly people we know. Derek Pusleko, Brian Kasanek. And, uh, and Sorry if I forgot you. <laughs> yeah, that's why <laughs> there's a lot of you. <laughs> it's hard to mention names because then you got to keep going. Keep once going. You start. Yeah. Um, don't worry about that. Uh, we'll put it. We'll, we'll write it underneath or something afterward. Uh, so you're a booker now, at, but I just want to. I just thought that. Okay, so I don't. I showed you two episodes before that, so you mm -hmm. know a little bit about this. You saw the Veronica one and the Lego Welt one. Mm -hmm. um, so my idea is basically to reiterate is that I want to have a conversation about music. And I want people to watch it and feel like they're involved and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and they learn something mm -hmm. about the history of whatever the thing is that we're involved in now. Because there's, you know, it's something. Yeah. There's not really a name for it, but it's uh, it's going on and, and we've been participating mm -hmm. and, and you've been a part of it. Mm -hmm. So I just was interested in, in your perspective, like where you came from and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, w what do you what do you think about it? You know, um, yeah. so I don't know. You're. I don't. I, I know you, but um, I, the first time I remember seeing you was you know your on you were. A, this always goes back to music forums yeah. for me. Is that we your, your name? Your name on the form, Michelle. She, she's <laughs> like the only person that uses her real name. It's like really punk, you know. I don't anymore though. No, you switched it the up. The internet got too big to be my real name on there. People are after you. So I would see you, and you would. I just remember you mm -hmm. asking, you know, like if somebody was playing, you'd be like, "Where's the party? I'm gonna go." <laughs> And then I don't know. Yeah. I, d I can't remember the first time I met you in person. Maybe at DMF or something. I in think two thousand four. I was five. actually trying to remember this because yeah. the first time I remember actually really interacting with you was possibly at uh, Fuse in two thousand five. Fuse in. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that was the in between. That was in between when uh, Kevin Saunderson did the whole festival in Detroit, and all the Dutch guys got some kind of epic grant, and I feel like Scott Zacharias was involved and some other people. Sharif. Sharif. Yeah, Sharif Zawadeh. So they had, you know, like Lego Well, Org Electronique, I think Bangkok Impact. Um, everybody who was kind of in that, like, don't call us Electro Clash yeah. scene, which would we at the time we called it Third Wave Electro, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Will, help me out here. Yeah. But we were really, me and my wife were really big fans of all that music. So we made the trip to Detroit, even though I wasn't super interested in the festival itself. But it was still it was it still free then, right? It was twenty five dollars. Oh, okay, that was the first year. It was the first year they okay. charged, and everyone was extremely upset about it. Um, but I feel like for twenty five dollars, it was like a crazy bargain. It was like twelve hours of music a day, and almost all of it was actually good. 
um, Kevin Saunderson did an amazing job. All of the Detroit, you know, legends played. Um, but I was mostly in the little stage over by the, uh, by the water that's to the left of the main stage, which is where the whole Dutch contingent was kind of like, like Alexander Robotnik. Yeah, Alexander Robotnik. They were all posted up there yeah. um, just for twelve hours a day. Yeah, it was just rocking it with live sets and DJ sets. It, I think it was really one of the most epic. Yeah, it was great. I mean, that was one of the I. Mm-hmm. That was like a big year. That I remember that was like the first mm-hmm. year. Like Convection was there. Convection played. And, uh, yes. Uh, Stinkworks was there. Minto. A lot mm-hmm. of the Texas guys. And the first mm-hmm. time I ever met Sean Rudiman, some of the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh people like Juwan and mm-hmm. uh, I don't John know. That Allen. W- yeah, and uh, I'm forgetting people now too. Yeah, but there were so many people. The whole Pittsburgh guys were there. It was mm-hmm. like a weird time where we all met. Yeah. But um, because we all knew each other from the internet. Yeah. Because at that point we were mostly like shut-ins. But you couldn't have like you know you couldn't like go check out and see what they look like. No, on, on there their wasn't MySpace page or Friendster or whatever. I never did MySpace. I always thought it was kind of for posers. I never did Friendster. Yeah, I never did Friendster. I was really suspicious of social networks from the beginning, mm. um, because they seemed uh, too centralized to be secure. So even my Facebook, I've set it up with like a standalone email address that is not tied to my real email address in any way, which is... They still know who you are. They still know who I am. (laughs) But they try to get me to be friends with myself, my real self, (laughs) which I'm like, how do you even know me? But I think I've been tagged in other people's photos over the years, so I think that's how they think I should be friends with me, or possibly via Instagram. Anyway, we didn't really know anybody. Yeah. And I remember we were all kind of like awkwardly mingling. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, what's your username on the forums? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty dorky, but <laughs> but it was so fun. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. So, so let's yeah. let's take it back further than that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you grew up where you, you're you're originally from? I'm from suburbs of Philadelphia, deep hardcore suburbs. Deep, deep Philly, like malls and strip malls. Like I spent a lot of time in parking lots as a child, as a as a young teen. <laughs> a lot of like the, my mom used to call the payphone at the Roy Rogers parking lot and be like. Where's Michelle? And like the skater kids would be like, Michelle, like the people today don't remember, but or didn't experience that. But when our parents wanted us, they had to call the payphone at the parking lot where we were hanging out. <laughs> Did well, your parents have to do that? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think I was a pretty good boy. Uh, I think I, I, I was not. Or I would just. <laughs> it was not good. We didn't. Or I think where I, where I lived, it was maybe a little bit not. I, I'm from a large city. I'm from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But where I lived was a little bit more rural, so you would go to someone's house and you would mm-hmm. have like, you would just throw rocks at whatever and like mm-hmm. swim in the swimming hole. Or it was a little more uh, rural, rural, rural. That word. Is I mean, that sounds good because yeah. we used to like throw ketchup at the window of the Rogers because the manager there hated us. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to like raid the snack bar, the like free toppings bar thing, <laughs> like all the condiments. So yeah, we had I mean we had a taco cabana. We used to mm-hmm. skateboard behind it and yeah. we w- went in and out of favor with them, you know, some days they would like us. Oh, they never liked and us. Others day, days they wouldn't. But um <laughs> so what th- so this is, so this is, we're supposed to be talking about music. So this so is So there was music involved. Yeah. Mostly hip hop and like grunge music. And what year this is 90s. Yeah, this is the mid 90s. What about before that? Like as a kid it was just like normal uh, before MTV, the mall. Yeah, it was MTV. Like my parents do not like music. And They're not interested music and did you have older brothers and sisters younger I have a younger sister and she's um you don't talk to her no, <laughs> i have a nephew so i have to talk to her sometimes but she's actually really into ska and she's remains into ska i myself was i was also into ska that's too bad yeah she likes it <laughs> but though. there's some you good know. i like the specials pick it up pick it up yeah pick it up. yeah skanking 
specials. I, even Operation Ivy, I can. I love I, Op Ivy they're, still. They're super, yeah, they're good. But right. I used to like, like, I would, you know, it was like, I would find random tapes and be like, oh, this appeals to me. Like, I found like X ray specs that way. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a lot of like weird new wave stuff because there we used to all hang out at this record store called Repo Records, okay, which was close to Bryn Mawr College, okay, and that's where you'd find out about shows and like the college kids that worked there were very surly, <laughs> but they you know we bought like ninety nine cent tapes. I bought an Art of Noise tape, like I would just buy tapes that I liked the the artwork, the artwork. and Art of Noise. I was like I literally have no idea what the fuck this is, and so this is like I was like middle 14. school, yeah. Yeah, I was like fourteen, high school. To high school, and and uh, so you're starting. You mm-hmm. go, you find a record store, and mm-hmm. it's not the one in the mall. No, we used to like steal from the one in the mall. Yeah. Because that was like sixteen dollars for a tape, and we were like, oh no! And they'd have like the big thing that was like supposed to stop you from stealing it, but the it didn't actually set off an alarm. The plastic. Yeah, and then we kind of like wrestle it open and <laughs> break the case, break it and stuff. So. I usually was not the direct thief. I usually profited off the thieving of others. <laughs> That's why I'm an agent now. <laughs> mm. But and so so that was you know pretty normal. That was normal teen stuff. Normal teen stuff. Yeah. And, and then and you find this record store and it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a scene. It's, it's a like a hang zone. This There's is 1989. No, this 90? I'm 41, so this was 1993 or four, 1994 Already, probably. Okay. So you're I'm 42. We're the same age. Yes. Pretty much. So 78, 88. Yeah, so it would have been like 92, actually. You found the the record, record store with the, the... With the cool stuff. With the people that were mean to you. Yes. So we, of course, <laughs> wanted to be there all the time to show them how cool we were. And I used to hang out at this like kind of like grunge store called Zipperhead, which had like a had like an outlet in our suburb. And it was all like, they had a tarantula. And it was all kind of like this mishmash, like how Trash and Vaudeville was with like punk and goth and... Zipperhead. Yes. Is it still there? Um, I don't know. It's definitely not in the suburb, but they might still have one on South Street in Philly. They have an online store. <laughs> they turned into a um, Hot Topic. <laughs> so this is before Hot Topic. <laughs> Zip, zipper. And you had to go to like a weird store to buy like boots. And you would get like a... What? Doc Martens. And or a, what's that hair colored called? Manic Panic. Manic Panic hair dye. Yeah, and we all wore Converse's and we would like rate the names of the bands that we liked on our shoes and our backpacks like Nirvana. And stuff in Pearl Jam, but I I saw all those bands. I yeah, went to yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, I did a zine that was called Generic Randomness. Generic Randomness <laughs> yeah, so, like, sounds very re- very relevant. Yeah, it was it was extremely relevant. I mean, I mean, like now, you know, like yes. that would be the title of something. You had to have a zine if you wanted to like meet people. But how do well, your your parent? You said your parents didn't like your. You said your mother. I don't know. If My parents are just not really involved with music. They go to like Broadway musicals. That just sounds That's horrible. Music. That's music too. so but they you started going to see my parents would drive me downtown all the time and they they were just extremely permissive i'm like what were you thinking i used to go to these like punk houses and they'd be like okay we're driving you there no they would like pick me up at like midnight they were my dad was just like okay i mean he's like a native philadelphian i'm third generation philadelphian so they're just like Whatever, I'll drive you to some weird place. Like, oh, she's got friends. Look, honey. <laughs> yeah, they were happy I had friends. Yes, I think that is probably true. Wow, and, and I didn't for a while. Yeah. And are, are, so this is, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like, you know, you're going. It to was cool. It was super fun. Are you still friends with any of those people from that time? Um, I'm friends with my uh, gay best friend from high school. Yeah. Uh, he still lives in the city, and we have like. In Philly, lunch in Philly or in, in New York? I mean, I'm sorry. He lives in New York, okay. in Brooklyn. So we still have lunch every like two months oh, that sounds yeah I, most of those people 
I, I kind of like left that town and just never talked to any yeah. of them again. Although some of them are like bookers and people who are entertainment writers for Philly News and stuff. Like they're all, a lot of them are still involved in music, music yeah. which is interesting. And uh, are they, st did they mm -hmm. change their taste or they kind of stayed in the same? Um, different. They, s they were, they stayed more in rock music. Philly was like always a big rock and yeah. roll town. So I think they just kept with that trajectory. And uh, so what what you said you you know you said Nirvana Pearl Jam, but you were mm -hmm. also going to these like smaller smaller shows. What did do you yeah. remember any of the bands you saw? Yeah, then, I, or like I see like um, like d Discord Bouncing stuff. Souls. Oh, so a you're lot. heavy ska still. <laughs> Not anymore. Mighty Mighty Boston. Yeah, I used to s no, I didn't like that. I used yeah. to see like Mephiscopheles. <laughs> it was like a lot of ska. <laughs> wow, I thought that was like a Boston thing. No, it, Philly Boston Continuum. No, I mean, Philly is cooler, but the Philly Boston I, I do agree. Continuum is a thing. Um, what does that mean? They're like kind of similar. Well, you know, it's like I don't know. <laughs> they like ska. <laughs> they're like not, they're like East Coast cities that are not New York. So, you know, it's pretty easy to be in a band. Um, music education then was was quite good. So everyone I knew played instruments badly, at least, but they played them, and some of them got better. Um, I see this band called the Abreacts a lot, which was very screamy punk music i think they had a a woman p was in there um so i was but what about your there wasn't you're closer to dc there was no like discord like fugazi you weren't into that it was too masculine i was more into like bikini kill yeah. k records like i buy i used to buy all those k records like go sailor yeah. um Hit. tsunami was a band i was really into unrest or something unrest what was that Bat, uh, bratmobile i i saw all that stuff in like tiny tiny places yeah, yeah. We, that, those, I mean, that time those bands mm -hmm. toured so hardcore. They would come to Philly all the yeah, time. Yeah, they, they play. I, I would, some mm -hmm. would play in San Antonio, but we would drive to Austin and see them. It's mm -hmm. the same 90s time, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember we, I didn't get to go, but I wanted to. My parents were a little more strict, but Josh, mm -hmm. how can I've talked about him before. We grew up together. He's the booker at Goodroom. He and another friend they had, they went all the way to Gilman Street to see Bikini Kill. Mm, I and, mean, Bikini and, Kill and was like so Green Day and all that. It was still, I saw it was Green at the Day same time. So many times. Yeah, it was like the same time where they were in the same level, mm -hmm. Bikini Kill and Green Green Day for mm -hmm. a while. And I like got there like the week after, and I was like, <laughs> oh got no. to see like Pitch Blend or something. You know? I don't know what that one is. Nah, it's just some other whatever. Some band, nineties band. One of these. They cross their arms and like give you dirty looks. Oh yeah. Um, so so the <laughs> so that was the nineties. What uh, what. Mm -hmm. When did you discover the boom boom, the, or were there Techno? raves? Um, yeah, well, that was another. That was an interesting sort of weird thing about that that time in Philly was that the venues were the same, and in a weird way, we would just go to the venues. Yeah. And like one night, it would be um, Josh Wink or something. Josh Wink, yeah, those were my first parties. Where like um, Josh Wink used to have this thing called like hardcore ecstasy rave entertainment, <laughs> which when I was a kid, I actually didn't even know what that meant. I yeah. just was like, oh, this is just like what's happening at this like weird space. And so I would go, and I'd be like, I don't really like these people very much because they're, like, weird and not talking to anyone, and they're all just sort of, like, dancing. Dancing. And then I was a little too – I was I think I was just too young for it. Like, it didn't really resonate. You didn't realize that they're taking drugs? No. But Josh Wink is sober, though, isn't he? He's he is, boy. yeah. It's, it's weird. But at the time, I don't know if he was. I don't know. The scene then was so steeped yeah. in that. And yeah. my parents wouldn't let me stay out all night is the other thing. Like, yeah. those are, like, the people – I wasn't – I wouldn't sneak out of my house or, yeah, yeah. you know, I, even though I didn't really get grounded or anything ever, I just was like, eh, eh, it's too much trouble. Like the shows I really like end at like 11. Yeah. So I'll just stick with those. But I remember I saw the orb and that was really great with future sound of London. 
in maybe like 1995 or something. That's pretty cool. Which was great. They had really, I mean, at the time, they had really cool visuals. I'm sure if I saw them now, I wouldn't be super <laughs> who, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it's like dolphins and shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is like so mind-blowing. They're showing dolphins on the screen and, and the dolphins are going into the clouds. And they're and a upside fractal. down. Yes. <laughs> There's two dolphins now, but they're like mirrored. So I went to that and that was pretty but cool. Somehow that, that, that was an easier gateway from ska to whatever yeah well sky was just so corny and yeah. once i started to like expose like was exposed to more options in terms of entertainment like i went to college outside new york and i met like more sophisticated kind of like prep school kids that were like into all kinds of fucked up shit because yeah. they were like rich and they could like afford blow and like we're just Jeez. super fucked up kids so they so 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 you, you know? left philly and you went to college i went to college so you got okay grades you weren't a terrible i got great child. grades yeah. excellent grades excellent i left school early because i couldn't take it anymore and i went to college that so would you take me. you went a year early i went a year early because my um my gay best friend left and i was like despondent because he used to drive me everyone his purple minivan what, 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 you're not allowed to say this person's name or david Oh, so we can refer to David, Hi, David. as not your gay best friend. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's like the trope of like everyone having their gay best friend in high school. And well, now we know his name is David. David. Bless bless yeah. him for driving R me R around. You want to say R.I.P., but no. he's, not, he's not David. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.L. Rest in life. Okay, all right. But um, So, hello, David. Hi, I David. Hope we love you. I hope you get to listen to this sometime. Oh, God. <laughs> he has some stories, I'll tell you. So, David left. Did David you, left. Did you go with him? To where he went, no. or he went somewhere else? I went somewhere else, and then um, I met all of these just, like, crazy... Wh where did you go? I went to Sarah Lawrence. Where's that? It's in Westchester County. Westchester, uh, New York, yeah. No, oh. Westchester, New York. It's, Westchester. like, in Bronxville, like, Yonkers. So there's two Westchesters. There's, like, the Westchester PA, yeah. and then there's the Westchester, which is above... Uh, above. It's, like, up. we call it upstate, it's but by it's... by Yonkers. But it's just right above it's Yonkers. It's really close. And so my best friend in college was named Mariah, and... Somehow she was still grounded in college. And her parents were 200 miles away or something. No, her parents were in the city, and they used to, like, send a car for her every weekend to, like, make sure she came home. And, like, it was wow. mine. Yeah, this is so crazy. Mariah, come on. Hi, Mariah. So <laughs> I used to, like, catch a ride to the city with Mariah and, like, hang out in her apartment. And we used to, like, I don't even know. We went to, like, all this weird stuff. And we saw Outkast, like, this hip-hop thing with the Black Eyed Peas and... We just used to do all this weird, random New York stuff in the 90s. Like, I got really into hip-hop. Yeah, we used to hang out on St. Mark's and buy tapes there as well. Oh, there's mixtapes. <laughs> and so I kind of, we went to, we used to go to Wetlands Yeah. a lot, um, which we did. See, she was into ska, too. Like, the way that we met was we both had ska patches on our bag. And we were like, do you like ska? And she was like, do you like ska? And then I was like, well, I'm kind of, like, transitioning away from that. <laughs> she was like, me, too. But I still have the patch on my bag. And... Then we were like, well, let's go to these ska shows at Wetlands, and then we would also go to hip hop, and then I got kind of more into hip hop. But it was it was pretty open minded time. It feels yes. it feels like this. There was not as much Bill like, Clinton era. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> as much like scene stratification or divisions when I was young. Like I just felt like people used to hop around, yeah. and like you were friends with kids who were into totally different stuff. Or I don't know if it's still like that, but I don't know what kids like. I, I, who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Probably it, it's probably still pretty. I see all kinds of kids hanging out together. They That's don't seem good. to have, they're mm -hmm. not like homogenous or whatever. It's um, it's like younger adults that become homogenous. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Um, so yeah, I used to do that. And we used to have like all these um, like hip hop friends that would come down from Harlem who. Um, but you say, you're so come down from, so you were, they would, she we, had an apartment in the city? 
Yeah, her parents' apartment. And her so her parents would go out of town and you'd go there? No, her parents would be there monitoring us because <laughs> she was grounded. But we would always just be like, okay, we're leaving like by the back stairs of your building. Oh, Mariah. Mariah's she, she a sounds pistol. Like, sounds like trouble. I think you maybe have met her. I'm not sure. She's, mm. been a, she's a party girl, so you maybe have met her at a party. Mm, um, yeah, I don't. Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's it wouldn't be something time. you would remember. But so Mariah used to. Mariah really taught me like the ins and outs of like New York City, like all the way that you do stuff, like how to take the bus, how to take the subway. Like she was really my how to sneak into the club, how to sneak into shit. Yeah, we went to like all these weird like how to night get in clubs. For free. Yes. Well, first of all, you had to be a girl. Yeah. And it's preferably <laughs> underage. <laughs> so she's like had that on lock. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, so, so you're starting. So this is this becomes your introduction to New York City. Yeah. And uh, you're at Sarah Lawrence, which is just above mm-hmm. you know, what? It's a not even forty-five minute not, train yeah, ride. Yeah, it's like a forty-minute train ride yeah. at maximum. And uh, and so you're mm-hmm. you're at school. What are you studying at school? Ooh boy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just getting by. Getting by. <laughs> maintaining. I'm studying how to maintain. <laughs> to, to, to let your parents leave you alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was studying like gender. I don't know all that crap. Gender. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it doesn't exist. So um, my degree is worthless. Well, that's a deeper discussion. That yes, gender doesn't exist. So your degree <laughs> is worthless. <laughs> my degree in gender is worthless. <laughs> so I mostly I mostly studied how to be like a schmoozer and how to go places and have a good time no matter where. So you grew up a little bit. I grew up. Um, I don't know what you learn in college. It seems like, unless you're like l- learning these mm-hmm. really practical. How to do laundry, how to cook. Yeah, I mean, they don't. So how don't to hate your roommates. Who, who really is benefiting from college? Like, they're, somebody's. Colleges. Making, well, they. Sally bes- May. Besides the businesses. Yeah. Like, th- what kids, you know, maybe an engineer is learning. Some Computer math science. People. Math. I guess you learn vo- probably of your vocabulary expands. You are history. forced to read books. Yeah, if you read books, I guess you're. you're yeah. I read all the books. No, they asked me to. That's good. It was my part of the bargain. So probably made you who you are today. It did in many ways. And so, actually. and and so you're you're sneaking down the you're inter- introduced to New York City club yes, life. Yes, I'm grounded with my friend, <laughs> voluntarily grounded. And where 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 do they live? Just like uh, she lived in her parents lived on the Upper West Side. Um, we used to mostly hang out um, in St. Marks and in Brooklyn Heights. And yeah, we had this discussion because you saw. Mm-hmm. We can. Uh, this is an aside. Is that uh, when I showed you the Veronica one, we had this whole like dojos yes. discussion. How dojos yes. is gross. <laughs> yeah, dojos. And uh, just the th- I didn't. I don't know if I told you that, but I uh, I took a screenshot of that tweet and I sent it to Veronica with the burger. Did was she like? Oh my god! No, I she was like, that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was everyone's favorite. This hajiki burger. It was. <sighs> legendary i hated it but everyone was like we gotta go to dojo and get the like four do- it was like four dollars and 25 cents yeah which for a plate of vegetarian food and everyone under like 23 lived off of this yeah. for like 10 years uh, r.i.p dojos yeah um, <laughs> but their twitter is still it's not live or no i don't, I don't think they have they're on twitter there, but there's I followed them. the history is there yes so if you want to see what we're talking about the hijiki burger you could just google it there's a lot of people online being like does anyone have the recipe for the dojo <laughs> so you went pretty deep on it. oh yeah i went to a straight up dojo's internet hole so there's some overlap here between mm-hmm. you know i some other people that i, I showed the episode to I was tra- I'm trying to get Morgan Geist to come on here, and mm. I showed him one, and he's like, I don't, I'm, I'm on the internet too much, and I showed him the thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, her childhood sounds exactly like mine. Yes, that New York City Yeah, you go to St. Mark's and, and whatever. You just sit on a stoop and, like, talk with randos. Yeah, and you go to whatever those shit. record stores are. and 
Yeah, I mostly went to that. Like, remember on um, it was on like Third Avenue. There was like that um, cubby hole full of like hip hop mixtapes. Oh, oh I f- was it right above St. Mark's? Or no, it was like at ground level. It's like where, it's just where St. Mark's and Third Avenue intersect and it's like right on third avenue right where like on um, the continental was to no, the yeah that's what i'm saying i mean i'm saying uh, uh north when i say that above. oh yeah not upstairs yeah, yeah to the right of the continental and there was like a dude I in do, there i remember that and yeah. he would have like such good tapes i'm so sad i can't find them anymore like i used to, it was all like method man red man freestyles like tony touch yeah that's uh, dj red alert that. like i used to get they were five bucks i used to get so many of those and, and Reggae. You, do you keep them still, or I have like no one. Idea are, yeah. I have like one, and you know, honestly, when you look on eBay, those tapes are like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, we got, we have, we get them sometimes at the thing. Oh, please tell me if and you do. No, I, I mean, miss them. They, people, either some of the guys I work with will just throw them away because they're <sighs> they don't whatever, and then uh, or some people will come in and buy them that appreciate it. They're so they're probably they the so ones great. selling them on eBay. Yeah, I'm sure for like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. What a weird. It's weird that you forget about all these weird little. Uh, when that place closed, I was so sad. It that was, was one of the things. There's that like there's like a pizza place there now or something or. Um, it's not the pizza place now. It's just um. What is that? There? There's like a. It, it was like a stupid Korean taco place for a while. It's one of these like NYU food places that just yeah. keeps turning over every two years into something gimmicky and yeah. unnecessary. Poke bowl. Yeah, it's probably poke bowl now. <laughs> I haven't been over there in ages because there's like a whole new building. Yeah, it's unrecognizable and I feel like ancient. There's no. What do you, I don't know. Would you? I don't need any like vape cartridges. I don't know what else. No. What else they sell over oh, there? Oh yeah, now. I think it actually might be a vape store that has expanded because there was always a bodega like, on the corner and now it's like larger. What's on What's on St. Mark's now? No, I don't even um, know. There's a lot of like weird gimmicky dessert places. You know, Ugh. like. I don't even know. I don't go to any of Frozen it. Frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. Yeah, I mean, St. Mark's used to be that. There used to be that, Um, like, Coney Island High was there. I don't remember. Anyway, there used to be, like, a lot of cool stuff and hangout zones and, like, runaways and stuff. So, th- so that was that was your mm-hmm. college. So That was in college. But was there any, like, scene at, in uh, uh, Sarah Lawrence? Like, were there no. little house shows or any? I any? had a student-run space my last year that I literally turned into, like, a private party palace for me and my friends so you just played whatever music you wanted yeah we actually used to play like the old collected records that were in there that was like led zeppelin and like classic rock well that's nothing wrong with Led. yeah we used to just play all that because it was like it had this like scratchy old turntable and had like a collection of records that was like i don't know maybe like a foot and a half of records and we would just play that over and over we didn't have any of our own shit in there at all so you were just getting loose with your friends yes (laughs) it was a crazy scene sometimes the professors would come and party with us it was crazy that's how i met my wife <laughs> she was your professor she, her professor wanted to come party with us like the last day of school and ever and she like wandered in and i was like oh my god it's that hot girl i always used to see on campus and she's always so busy and she's still pretty much the same yeah she's very similar she doesn't have blue hair anymore and and but so so was she, so that but w- she got me into electronic music so that was a pretty big turning point in your yeah. life so you're still together now we are. Happily. 20, 27 years now, 20 years. We had our relationship equinox last year. What does that mean? It means we were together as long as we were not together. <laughs> wow. 20 and 20. I never, never heard of that before. We made it up, I think. <laughs> I wonder. I never, well, congratulations. Thanks. 
She's very nice. She's the best. And uh, she keeps me sane and also insane at the right amount. And so this woman walks into a yeah. girl. At she this was point. a girl. So yeah. 20, 20 years old, 21. 21. Just turned 21. So she walks in and you're just like instantly in love or, or did it develop yes. over time? No, I was instantly in love. And, and her? I was in love with her when I didn't know who she was. And oh. I was always like, who's this mysterious creature who's always like going somewhere? Because it was so idle and like everyone there was just like. Do, fucking around and she's doing something she's doing stuff and I'm always like who's that girl who's in a rush <laughs> you're like that's weird that's crazy she's, she's like she's I had five crazy. jobs bitch <laughs> that's why I had to afford that shit <laughs> damn yeah she was like an internet tycoon in like her senior year of college so so you met her and, mm-hmm. and she's like um, check out this uh, Richie Hutton or I don't know no what she's we into. basically just started like hanging out and I was uh, on my way to uh, move to Europe for graduate school oh and so I was like, this is foolish. This is a dumb thing to get into a relationship, whatever. But we just sort of, like, gave it a chance. Yeah. And, uh, like, uh, you know, st- all this stuff happened. But, like, eventually she moved to Amsterdam with me. And, like, we had all these, like, I'm not really telling it correctly. But we had all these, like, ways of constructing our lives that Teresa didn't have to be far from me. That's my wife. So she took a job in England for so, a little while. So that's pretty close to Amsterdam. It's close to Amsterdam. So we used to, like travel back and forth and she started getting me to go to like fabric when it first opened okay um that was the first time i went to like a real club basically as like a person who was aware of what was going on and what did you think about that i thought it was amazing do you remember who you saw yeah we saw talvin singh whoa that's that brim full of asha (laughs) brim full of was that it yeah and the 45 was that talvin singh i don't think so it was he was like a tabla tribal yeah. technica, huh? yeah, anyway. isn't it? That was I, he I had like know. a crossover pop hit, huh? Maybe I missed the crossover part, but I do know that song. I didn't know it was his. Song. I think that's him. Is it? I could, no, or it, I mean, sure the timeline fits. I'm, I, this is one of those things where yeah. I'm going to embarrass myself because this is like permanently on the internet. You <laughs> said we the have ro- to Google you said it. The wrong <laughs> we're going to have to Google it. No, we're going to wonder about it, and I'm going to be wrong. We're definitely going to Google it, but yeah. So we saw we saw Talvin sing, and I let I just. I don't know. I just got into it. And and what? Uh, at, so she is, was always into was parties. Was he just and DJing, stuff. or he was playing live there? I have no idea what was going on. That shit was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like fucking whatever All year, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. One of those. Like one of those first, days. <laughs> like the first week, fabric opened. But I will say that we did wait in line for hours, and nobody complained. Yeah. People now they complain. Oh, I had to wait in line to get into a party for twenty minutes. I'm putting it on Facebook. I'm like, well. Back in my day, we had to take a... There was no Uber. We had to pay so much for a taxi. And then you have to wait for the train to start in the morning. Yeah. Or take a night bus, which is like full of people vomiting in England. No. So, yeah, we would wait in line for this club. But, yeah, Teresa used to go to everything. She used to go to, like, the fridge. She used to go to, like, side trance nights, like, all this stuff. So then when I went back to Amsterdam, I started clubbing. And what was what was Amster- what was cool in Amsterdam? Horrible, that, yeah, it was, horrible. Yeah, it was, like a it, was uh, it was like an all-you-can-eat buffet, and everything was shit on it. It was, yeah. it was like progressive or whatever. So the big clubs were like the It, and I used to go to Matzo. That was my club. I used to go almost every weekend, which was like Steve Rashmod, Steffi, okay, um, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Techno, techno, techno. Yeah, and I finally just started to like get it. Like people that were, yeah, you're like oh. And then somehow around that time, I think via my friend Nikita, who is like a catalyst for all kinds of things, we discovered the CBS forum, Cybernetic Broadcasting System. He 
was like, oh, you're in the Netherlands. You should start checking out these Dutch electro guys. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't know what that is. And so we just got so into it. Well, because there's a big separation between Amsterdam and, and the Hague the Hague and Rotterdam. Yeah. Or whatever, I never went whatever to Rotterdam. Reason. Yeah. I still haven't gone to Rotterdam. No, you're not missing that much. But no. it's it's. They used to have some really good clubs. They used to have this club called Now and Wow that looked like it was really good. But I was always too afraid to go because I had to go by myself. It's kind of it's more it's a lot more mixed place. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a much more. It just seems like more open minded, mm-hmm. even though Amsterdam would say they are. But no. it's more mixed mixed crowd. Yeah, and uh, a little more. I think it's like students more studenty mm-hmm. and not not as many. They're Dutch, but they they're not like Dutch. Yeah, yeah. provincial. Yeah. I don't know. No what offense. That, I don't know what that Dutch means. People, but but yeah, they like tolerate you so they don't have to engage. You know? Oof. Sorry, that's a little harsh, but that's how I feel. Here, we're starting. Now, now we're starting. Now we're starting. <laughs> but right. yeah, so I went to all those places, and then, I, and then we started, me and my wife started going to all of the Dutch guys' stuff, like Danny so and Org Electronique. Every time they played, we started going, and we were like these weird Americans, and nobody would talk to us. At all. They probably didn't talk to anybody. They didn't talk to anybody. Nobody talked to anybody. It was like the most awkward rooms, but the music was like yeah. so good. We used to see Bangkok Impact, all that shit. So, yeah, that's what we did. And then we had to move back to the U.S. And so you both finished school. Yeah, I got a master's degree in philosophy in Amsterdam. And you're supposed to go to law school or something? Uh, well, I, I signed up to do a Ph.D. And then I very quickly realized that was a horrible mistake. And I dropped out. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? This is a total nightmare. And and, and your wife, we're, you're, you're not married at this point. We were not married. We and got married when it became legal, whenever that was. Okay. And uh, she got a real degree or something? She didn't get a degree in Amsterdam. She, she um, was in London. She, she, she's been working this whole time. So like she's she, a web, web. She's a web person, so she can kind of get jobs wherever, especially then. Yeah. So she was, uh, we were all working at this like kind of expat comedy show situation where she was doing the like design and her like weird her designs of these like weird comedians would be like on the tram and everywhere it's like huge shit and i would sell tickets on the street but i was like amazingly good at it and would make so much money and they used to pay me in cash so i just had all this money for like a couple of months but that's when you came back here no that was when i was in uh, amsterdam okay so you're selling comedy tickets for i was one of those people that was like do you want to go to a comedy show like around popular tourist? I was a tout. I was a freaking tout. I don't know. That's a new vocabulary word. For yeah, me. it's like somebody who's like, "Do you want to take the tourist bus?" I just well, call them hustlers. So. Yeah, I was a hustler. Hello, <laughs> but I was really good at it. like. I got to this point where people used to like give me stuff. I was like, "No, I'm trying to sell you shit." And then I would come home with like Grateful Dead CDs and Bibles and all this random Sandwiches. Amsterdam <laughs> shit. Like all these dumb hippies would just be like, "Oh wow, man, here and stuff." I mean, like patches and stickers and so I was really good at that. But then the comedy show became unfunny. And I couldn't sell it anymore because oh, it was it really funny at a point. We used to have Jordan Peele on there, okay. Seth Meyers. Like, when I was doing it, it was funny as hell. And so I was, like, confident that people should go to it. Yeah, it's much easier to promote when you... Oh, yeah. I cannot sell something I don't believe in. Yeah. That's, like, the crux of me. So yeah. I was like, oh, I got to peace out. I got to peace out of the situation. And it just got more and more grim and less and less funny. So, so, did, so that means you stayed for a little while after you finished school? and did Yeah, I was afraid to come back to the States because I had this whole reality where I like hadn't lived in the States. And I was like living so, in Amsterdam. So you missed, missed the whole 9-11 I missed, thing? I missed 9-11. Teresa was here for 9-11. And then after that, I convinced her to move to Amsterdam with me because the economy crashed. It was just so depressing. Yeah. Everything was awful. So I convinced her to move out. Um, 
So yeah, I was just avoiding America because it just seemed so dark. And so when did you finally decide? I came back in 2004. So that's post post Electro Clash. You missed that. I missed almost all of Electro Clash. And so this is the beginning of still fashion party, I guess, kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's when I kind of started to meet you in New York at, yeah. like, uh, Tribeca Grand and stuff. Was that yeah. then? Probably. I mean, we, we, yeah, we started doing that in 2001 or two. So I was coming to that. Yeah. It was like with like Ulysses used to do stuff. Did you do it together? No, he did separate. He, he did other stuff. He would do, he was the first person I remember mm. bringing, like, a IF and stuff. But that was, that might have been before 9-11. It might have been 2000 or two early 2001. IF came in 2001. Yeah. I remember. But, it was but I wasn't here. Oh, because I remember I went, mm -hmm. he played once at Fun, and it was, like, normal. And then he, like, played it that weird on Bowery Street, there's Bowery, is it called Bowery Bar? And there's like a basement he played in. I don't know. And he started playing and like these guys came in with bongos and started playing along and he like took the record off and like <laughs> packed his stuff and left. Oh my God, that's so good. I was like, this dude's awesome. Yo, <laughs> God, he should have like, stayed with the bongos, come on. I don't know, it was appropriate. It, it, it yeah, was, it, was it was very in character. It was very uh, like, what is it? It was weird, the whole thing was weird. <laughs> so that, yeah, all right, so. That whole time in New York was just, everyone I'm sure on this, on this podcast or whatever is like that time in New York was weird, but like it really was weird. There was like nothing, but there was also everything and none of it made any sense. And I don't know who was paying for any of it because there was so much open bar. Yeah. I, oh my God. I, I just have like, we used to be like, Oh, Williamsburg. That's where we go to like get so drunk. We bar from the street. No, Cause like, the liquor sponsors were oh everywhere. My God, It was the only thing that was happening was free booze. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, there, I mean, that was the beginning. Your party had mad free booze. The beginning of 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 Williamsburg being a club destination, yes. like Galapagos. Yeah, I used to go to Galapagos. Opened, North Sixth opened. Mm -hmm. There was another place on on Bedford called like Red and Black or something like. I that. I don't remember that. It was like right around the corner on Bedford, and then mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what it is now. I used to party at the Music Gallery on Ann Street. Oh, that, that was that my was another freaking spot. You know what I found? Shout out, out to John. Thanks for the music gallery. There was another. Who I don't know who's which. Who's John? Uh, John is just this really like Oliver behind the scenes kind of guy. I I I found out later. I don't know if this is true or not, mm -hmm. but that us or whatever raver people or whatever we did parties. Someone sent me a flyer the other day. It was like me overdose. Chupacabras, Veronica. I was at that. Cap Cowboy Mark. And yeah, at the mu was that was at the music gallery. Yeah, I was yeah. totally at that. Was BMG on that lineup? I don't know. It probably. I like believe he was. Something weird. It was just like that's weird. But for us, it, it was, was totally so normal. fun. But that place was so fun. You could like marry a goat at that party. No, I heard that it, our rave. I don't know if this is true or not. This is another thing that I'll probably be lying on the internet again. <laughs> but that it. Our rave was a, a front for, there was like a sex party going on behind. There was like a oh. bookcase that you could go in this other room. I mean, that would make sense because there was a lot of really freaky people at that, sh at they, that place. And they would like come out of nowhere. There was like some extra room and it was I like I would this not like be surprised to I'm, hear that. There I was like a weird bathtub in a cage. Do you remember that? No, that's what I'm saying. There was like, sometimes these other rooms would be open and you'd go in and you'd mm -hmm. be like, this isn't a raver party. Yeah, I saw some really crazy stuff at that place. I, and I one time I remember, but not really sex stuff, just crazy. I had another one. I don't mm -hmm. know how I got the gig, but I had another DJ gig, and I was mm -hmm. just supposed to play the music, and it ended up being like this, like Mary Kay thing, like <laughs> like, the, like selling stuff to your friends, <laughs> like but, but it was for sex toys. Oh, you know, I actually remember though that zone. I don't know, and oh, you know what club I was trying to think of the other day is there was one on, maybe you weren't here. Mm -hmm. It was on St. Mark's. 
and that that was a big Ulysses and a, a Satamali hmm. kind of place. I think that was when you were they I were gone. I don't remember that. I don't remember ever doing electronic music on St. Mark's. It was like a place that had like blue lights and like hmm. white furniture. Do you used to go to Centro Fly? I Josh would try to get me to go, but it was not really my. It was like Sasha and Digweed. It was very commercial, but it was still pretty lit. Yeah, I used I to mean, go to that. What? Uh, I don't. I wasn't. I I came into electronic music like mm-hmm. differently. Like I was more like in high school. I was listening to like Can and Kraftwerk, but I would be listening to the weird ones. I wasn't listening to like the mm-hmm. pop. And I I you know I, I knew about Throbbing Gristle and stuff like Chris and Cozy before I knew about techno like I, I came into it that way so the this commercial DJing thing like I never had a good mm-hmm. experience with it like in San Antonio it was like if you were a raver you had you were like a candy raver you were like those big ass pants and mm-hmm. like sucked on a fucking thing and, and, and I just wasn't into it so yeah I, I wasn't into it, it. it even when I lived in San Francisco in the, in the 90s for a little while and mm-hmm. that was also raves apparently going around mm-hmm. all the time but I didn't I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't interested. I was going to these like experimental, whatever, mm-hmm. violin player with an echo <laughs> pedal, you know, like some stuff like Oh my that. God, like intolerable. So I, so <laughs> when I came here and I would start, you know, New York, for some reason, there's like a DJ, you're like, it's like a disco town. So you become more open-minded to this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Josh moved here like a year or so after we came and he's, st- we were doing street team and we would promote those parties. Oh my God. You would like. We if you if they gave your flyer to the door, you got a dollar type of situation, or more like you got paid hourly. No, we they would send ship the flyers to our house, and we would. I had a car, so we would mm. drive around and oh. drop them at all the record stores and just go record shopping all day. I kind of always wanted to be one of those like people that you got a dollar if they put your flyer at the door. I was like, man, I bet I would be good at that too. No, I mean, it, but that that was kind of how I started going to those clubs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I didn't know. I was like, what is Central Fly? Like, I forget. We, there was some awful stuff though, but I couldn't. Um, yes, there was awful, awful stuff, but it was like, we didn't, I, I feel like I didn't know any better. Like I had no standard to judge it by. I was like, yeah. well, I mean, it's not fabric or like Danny Wolfers in a weird yeah. warehouse in Amsterdam. They'll be talking to each other, but it's what they have here. But I do remember that one of the mm-hmm. first, I guess, I think I, I don't know if I ever went to like raves or anything, but the first time I remember is right after we moved here from San Francisco, um, it was, I guess it was like 99, and uh, one of the guys we knew from San Francisco had been going out there to like buy huge quantities of weed from mm-hmm. this construction worker guy that we lived with. Just weird stuff. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, you used to have to do sorry, all kinds of weird sorry, stuff. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but then we came back here, and he invited us to this party, and it was up in, in Harlem, mm-hmm. and somehow he owned a, an entire like rundown hotel. It was like mm-hmm. a huge building with a fence around it with its own private security, and he had these like raves that would go all night and it would be like there was like a dance room a rock room a hip-hop room and then like his penthouse hotel with like leather couches whoa and, like, the, like, that sounds fun as hell drug zone and i just mm-hmm. i remember going there and i was just like i had no idea how i ended up there you know and mm-hmm. or like you would i would also end up at like limelight or stuff like that and mm-hmm. i i didn't know who was playing or mm-hmm. any of that stuff i so i didn't i wasn't in the boom boom Mm-mm. i mean I knew people in college used to do that whole, like, club kid thing. Yeah, no, I'm I always thought it was awful. I missed it. No, I mean, now I'm actually more interested in it, like, culturally, because it was... But I don't... Was it, was it awful, though? I mean, the people that I knew in college who were into it were all awful. Yeah, that's what turned me off, too. Yeah, like, they were all just not people I want to be, like, in it to win it with, but um, Teresa said she used to go to some of that stuff, and it wasn't... It was just very young. 
Yeah. You know, like they used to let in just like teenagers, you well, know. I didn't like it because it was so it was so it was always so drug focused. Like you would go yes. in and everybody would be on ecstasy and I'd be like Yeah. I don't wanna look like these people no. making these weird faces. So I'm mm-hmm. like it's not I'm not a part of it. Yeah, no, it was like scary yeah. at the time in a way. Yeah. And um so whatever, this we that was a little bit of an aside. Uh yes. um you 2004 so you're back in new york city mm-hmm. i'm going to music gallery did you have uh, did you have a job in music yet or, or did you when did what did i have no i didn't have a job i was uh living off student loans allegedly getting a phd <laughs> and like literally being an idiot about everything that involved life decisions so you, you but you were i was just drifting and avoiding being an adult going out and going out yeah and uh did you, were you going, did you go to the bunker party then? No, it, I used I to hate bunker because I really hated subtonic because it smelled bad and had rats. Yeah, it was pretty gross. It was really gross. Like, But I like those little booths though. Everyone liked those little booths, but I was just like, ugh, ugh. Like, I'm, I, to this day, I'm like a real snob about like bathrooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Brian used to have to like chase rats and clean up dead rats before the party, blah, blah, blah. So what actually started getting me back into Bunker was Detroit because we went to Detroit um, for the Fusion Festival thing. And then we missed the next year because we were so broke. But then in 2006, we went back and we kind of like stumbled into this IT party that's Interdimensional Transmissions. And Derek was playing, Derek Pasleko, and he just like blew our minds to such an extraordinary degree. So you had a moment. I had a moment. Derek playing Moscow Disco at like 7 a.m. on Monday in Detroit Nobody plays that song anymore. Yeah, well, Derek will play it if you ask, probably. Okay. So I'm not going to ask anybody to play anymore. I'll ask him for you. You're like, I don't want to hear that song. I'm not going to go out anyways. You're like, I don't want to hear that song. No, I do want to hear that song. <laughs> well, we can play it after the show. Oh. <laughs> you can play it on Spotify. I don't have Spotify. Me either. Okay. But, yeah, so we saw Derek, and then we realized that he was a resident or whatever at the bunker, and Teresa was like, great, now I can get Michelle to go to the bunker again, <laughs> even though it smells. Well, so, I mean, so a little bit of history about the bunker before it was at... It was in a basement on Norfolk Street at um, Subtonic. and w- Which was the place below Tonic, which was like a Experimental, yes, which I also was not interested in. No, but for some reason, there was no... It was kind of a crossover for me that when I noticed it. It was a crossover with the other music, kind of this whole yeah. like CD, IDM... It was like oh yeah, IDM. IDM was being played there, so I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna. They would play like these like schematic records or these. Yeah, schematic was huge for Bunker. Or like I don't not maybe not Kid Six Hundred Six, but mm-hmm. similar. Alpha Six Hundred Six. I don't know. That's yeah. No, but no, that's electro. Oh. But I mean, like some of this glitchy stuff. Mm-hmm. This, uh, whatever. I don't know what. Yeah. It's, it's well, I wasn't super interested in that yeah. much either. But then, like when I heard Derek, I was like, Derek brings uh, brings a party. Like he can make dead people dance. You yeah, know, he's yeah. just. Like when Derek's playing, like the bartenders and the, you yeah. know, the coat check people are dancing. If you make the bartender happy, it's good. Yes. <laughs> so we, I just got really into Derek, and through that, I kind of like found all of the rest of those like Detroit DJs that mostly now I'm their agent. And uh, so, this happened over, you know, the le- until 2010. This kind of developed, or, or mm-hmm. and uh, did you? How? And then I started having a series of kind of like random jobs. Like I'm always like extremely. Like, people see I'm capable and just give me a random job. Like, I've done so many uh, strange things. Like, I worked like, a child care foster agency thing for a while, um, which is great practice for being a booking agent because I can, like, handle all kinds of, like, Oof. very strange mental states and people Oof. who have to be very much Oof. directed towards goals. Wow. Yeah, it was mostly actually a scheduling job. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really great for 
what, where I've ended up scheduling. Um, um, so, uh, do you remember any other things? So, so this Darius, Derek plus Lake. You were, I, mm-hmm. I remember when you when I asked you, or we were texting a lot when uh, mm-hmm. I asked you to do this, and you said you had some good stories before that because I you've been you've gone to a lot of parties, you've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember exactly what you mentioned, but I said you said you had some things like that you you wanted. I don't know if you wanted to talk about them, but I'm going to ask you about them. But uh, you said you yeah. you you, ha- you saw some stuff, and and uh, do you remember what that was? Like music stuff that I saw. Yeah, like yeah. Acts? Before that, before we get into your your career, I just want to. Um, do you remember some good stuff you saw, like that we could shoot for these days, like some really good ones. At the bunker. No, just in in general. Um, weird historical ones. I, if that's do our real question, we don't have to. Yeah, that's like it's it's all kind of like a bit. I mean, I remember running into you at. I mean, this isn't is unremarkable, but I I remember running into you at Tribeca Grand, and you were like, "Why are all these people in such complicated jackets at my party?" <laughs> like, it was like kind of my first memory of you. <laughs> you were like, mm. and then you played "Fly Like the Wind" by Peter Jacques Band. Oh. Do you remember that? No, but I like that song a lot. <laughs> you do. It's like the weirdest thing. Like it's all kind of like a blur, but then these like moments will just like pop out. It's completely unforgettable, and that's one of them. It's but there's a but that's a weird time for fashion though. Is mm-hmm. like people had like complicated jackets, stupid haircuts. Yeah, you were like, who are these stupid haircut people? Why are they at my party? And I was like, it's because of the free booze. <laughs> but so stuff that I saw. I don't know. I mean, do you remember any like really good stuff from that time? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of all a blur, and there's no like. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were, this is strange, but we were very obsessed with Matthew Deere, me and my wife. We used to always go see Matthew Deere, and he would play all these weird things. Um, all of the minimal techno compact stuff we used to go to, like which is at Canal Room or Robots or Mini Moo. Or what was that? There was a place on Banker. Banker, yeah. What? Uh, vol- volume. Volume. Remember that? There yeah, was like didn't a, that used to be like... Michael Meyer. Yes. And uh, uh, who else played? Uh, what's his name? Uh Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> Dizzy <laughs> Rascal. There was like a car. Wait, what did volume used to be though? I don't know. Like vinyl? Did it used to be? V- no, I don't think it was anything. I don't know mm, what. I gotta Google that too. I, I think, have to Google I think it's my like, own. I memories. think it's like Soundhouse now. I think oh. that's like. I yeah. can't remember exactly, but it's pretty close to where the lot was, mm-hmm. where it is now. Um, I don't know. Well, oh, there was Studio B. That was another. That was and that was Josh. Josh worked there. Yeah. And Justine D, who Mm -hmm. who needs to be mentioned for New York City, Mm -hmm. I should have her on too. Yeah, that would be awesome. I saw her at the ministry thing. Oh, should have gone to that. I don't know if you like ministry. No, I don't like it. It was so so good. So good. I'm glad it was good. So good. It's always great when like. Yeah, I was scared to see because Josh went. I'm speaking about him a lot. Mm -hmm. He he went to the the Antifa like the tour before where they were like weren't doing the old. They refused Mm -hmm. to play the old music. Oh no. And. so he went to that one. He mm-hmm. said he was embarrassed, but and he didn't even want to go to this one where they're playing only the wax track stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and then he saw the playlist and we like got in. He's like, dude, you have to go. <laughs> so we like went to go. That's awesome. It was pretty good. But Justine D was there, and she was mm-hmm. uh, she was a big part of the late '90s and 2000s mm-hmm. New York. She's another Philly person. I think, really, I had da- no idea. Da- Dave P also. I, think uh, I remember Dave P. Yeah. Also from Philly. Huh. Yeah, I mean Philly. A lot of people from Philly move here. Yeah. Um, so um, I heard Nitzer Ebb was also really good recently oh, at yeah, Elsewhere. I, I know. I, that's one of those I'm scared. I'm scared to yeah, see I them. Didn't. I'm scared to see Front 242. I'm scared hear. to see New Order. I'm scared to see Depeche Mode. 
I've heard Depeche Mode is good. Yeah, but mostly from really super fans, yeah. so it's hard to say. I'm scared. I'm just. I'd rather just go watch 101 again or something. Yeah, <laughs> you should do that instead. It's cheaper, and you don't have to leave your house. So, so, so 2010, or so. You were your. When did let's. 2010. Let's uh, I was like definitely a mess. So it's very much kind of a blur. So you just were cruising along. What? How? How did you end up? In the job you have now, was that it's been what a few um, years now? It's been now, since or? 2016 now. Oh, so not that long. So there's a you had a, a a rough patch. Well, I mostly just had like a series of very random, uninspiring jobs, <laughs> and made up for it by like partying a lot on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and then I got sort of too old to like maintain that. Like I just started getting much more tired, and and so what? How did you come to to be in this job? Like you were well, just basically. Brian Kasanick, who's the founder of The Bunker, he mm -hmm. started to be, um, like, overwhelmed with the amount of work that he had because uh, he has a record label. We had a radio show on Red Bull Radio for, like, several years. Um, we had the parties. And he was also doing the bookings for all of the residents yeah. because there wasn't much of a structure for booking agencies in the U.S. And so He's also hosting the people. When and he's hosting. Yeah. yeah, he's also hosting artists when they come. Yeah. So he was basically, like, I... Um, I just need help. And I was like, ooh, is this a good idea? Because we're very close friends. Um, but it turned out that it's worked out so, well. So you were partying with him and then... We were partying one for night, many years. One night you just had, you were like, okay, I'll, I'll help you out. Well, he was like, I think I need to hire somebody. I and mean, I was first trying to like think of somebody that we could, that he could hire. Like I was like, who could do this? But it's really like, um, it's hard to hire people in nightlife because a lot of people are like good at nightlife, but they're not good at spreadsheets. Yeah. Or being on time for or things, or answering an email, or answering email, or they just don't have like skills. Which one of the <laughs> issues is like, you, no offense, no seriously, like it's like you have like people who are so into music and that's all they're doing, and that's like, I I'm not a musician, so yeah. I don't have that like mental static of like being artistic yeah. in that way, and I also am not trying to be a DJ. Yeah. So it's like comfortable for me. Because it's at a certain point you're doing this and you're a lifer and you need to find, I felt like I needed to find like a role to justify my continued well, involvement I mean, it, in nightlife as I get older. It's like, been something you've been interested it's in. It's been, I've been interested. I had, a, I actually had an internship at a literary agency in college. Um, I've always been kind of salesy. Uh, so it wasn't an un, you know, it wasn't a surprising jump so what was the first step that you took in you're just mm -hmm. like okay i'm gonna do it i was like i'm gonna do it because i my old job my boss was just getting up my on my nerves yeah. and that's a whole boring story i'm not gonna go into so i was like i don't know like should i be like getting rid of this like decent paying steady job that's like sucking the life out of me to be in some like music thing with like one of my closest friends with all of the yeah. intense emotion that comes with that yeah okay, I'll just do it, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's going to suck either way. Yeah, you know? jobs suck anyway. So. Have some good moments. <laughs> Might as well like not have to like pretend to be uh, someone I'm not. Or you could at least contribute to something that you like. That Yes. And the relief of not having to like pretend to be someone you're not at work is actually incalculably valuable to me. Yeah. Um, that has been one of the biggest... Well, I'm happy for you. That's thank good. you. Changes for me in my life is that I don't have to like maintain this illusion so of... So your normalcy, which is very stressful for me. Sorry to, to interrupt you. No, go they're, ahead. Um, they're, so you're immediately become a booking agent or you're... No, I was doing, I was like a label assistant. I was just like the person who was just doing all the office stuff. I was taking care of all of the 
just like everything random in the office that Brian was like, I don't have time for this. I don't want to deal with this. And I actually started paying a lot more attention. He does not really like doing bookings. It's very yeah. uh, tedious. But when you say bookings, it's like for the party here or? or no, for the aid, for the artists. So it's, it's finding them the bookings and then like booking their travel, finding um, and how did, how all did the, the logistics. How did these artists end up on Bunker New York? Is, is there um, because they were mostly our residents. And um, they, we started getting requests for them other places. And Brian, Brian has had this like happen to him a few times actually in his career, where he's like sort of ended up doing bookings for people who pay who play at his parties a lot mm -hmm. because people ask him. So uh -huh. he used to like set up little tours for people like, okay. you know, like Boston, Philly, SF, LA. Like he would he's been doing that for a long time, but it's not something that you can kind of like do part time. Like you really cannot be a part time booking agent because it's twenty four yeah. hours a yeah. day, seven days a week. Um, so, so, so I started paying a lot of attention to the bookings because it's like where my. But that's weird. I mean, so instead of, instead of him, s just passing off the email of that person, mm -hmm. he decided to. Take, he just made take, me the booking the agent <laughs> as an agent. Yeah, he made it. He oh yeah, because a lot of the artists are like, it's not a good idea for most artists to negotiate on their own behalf. They get no, um, no money. They get no money, and like they're just so happy that, especially when they're younger or newer, like they're so happy that someone just wants to hear them play, which is awesome, and I absolutely support that. But like, there has to be a balance yeah. between um, them being compensated for their effort, not just the two hours that they're playing their set, but like the lifetime of preparation that goes into some of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the there's a balance that needs to be struck, and, and I, most artists are very bad at negotiating for themselves. I mean, it makes you know if you're going for three hundred bucks, so you know it sounds pretty good. Like, oh, I got to go to Portland and get three hundred bucks. Yes. But then you realize, like, the guy who's throwing the party is making like ten grand. Yeah, and, and also you got to get home and pay your rent, and you yes. just missed your work at your job for mm -hmm. the past four days. And, and you were on a plane for twelve hours, and you yeah. were delayed, and like nobody is picking you up at the airport because you didn't think to ask. And then you got to take two Ubers and that's a hundred bucks. Yes. And, and, uh, and you didn't negotiate that. And I mean, it's like, I feel like booking agents are almost like the most hated role in dance music because it's like, there's a lot of negative perceptions on both the artist side and the um, promoter yeah. side, which is like, uh, it's totally fair. For some. For some. some or some sometimes, for me, sometimes for me, it's fair too. Like <laughs> I can be a terrible bitch, but like I, Try not to sell anything I would not buy myself. And so, do you remember the first? So, so initially, you're just helping out with the label. So you're like, oh, I gotta set up the band camp and. Yeah, I used to do all the band camp. I still sure. write the one sheets, most of them. So you're. Doing um, I do a lot of the writing stuff that has to do with Bunker. Doing I'm the press and and yeah. and contacting the record stores and you know. Um. Yeah, with Rush Hour is our distro. So. So you just have one distributor. Uh, Rush Hour and Forced Exposure is our That's domestic. So I think Forced Exposure is a good choice for yeah. the U.S. Um, so uh, yeah, I was doing all of that label stuff, but actually, like the booking agent work um, has so eclipsed my available time that I uh, I just had to say I can't do this anymore because I'm making mistakes. Plus like I'm sorry, records don't sell. No, it's, or we it, have very small pressings. It's not, yeah, I mean, if it, you know, you're you're selling 300 copies, even if you sell them all at retail, you're just breaking even. You're making a little bit, but. No. Yeah, it's, 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 it's <laughs> record business. I talk, everybody I've talked to, and, and, and this is it's just said that it's down. Like it's like a third of what it was, mm -hmm. even three or four years ago. Well, it's like everyone filled up their shelves. Look at these shelves; they're full. Where are you going to buy some records? What are you going to put in there? I just steal them from work. <laughs> yeah, see, that's like. But, <laughs> but I'm not buying new records. There's yeah. too much. It's if I do buy a new record, it, I can usually like trade for it. And mm -hmm. plus, there's so much new stuff that I. It's hard to. There needs to be a little more filter with these labels. They need to. Yeah. 
you can't just put out someone's first trek they made. Maybe develop it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, I know you just learned Ableton and you're stoked you made some Acid House, mm -hmm. but come on. you know. Let uh, it marinate a little. Yeah, just to put a little effort into it. Yeah. I mean, it's I feel like we have this situation where... Just because you have made a, a track doesn't mean it needs to be released. That's true. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, that's true. If I made a track, I would never I'm want guilty it to be released. Of it. I'm guilty of it, too, but I realized after a while that I shouldn't just, just stop. But your tracks get played. Not that much. But I slow down. Derek plays them. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Overdose made that whole song. I was just there. You were just there. Your name's on the label. Yeah. Your name's on the I record. It's your track. I didn't do anything. I that was, was one of the moments that I will never forget. I just make it, making coffee. I was hearing your track. I was like, this is Willie Burns' overdose track. Yeah. And then I sent you a Snapchat of it. Yeah, that's crazy. And you were like, what? <laughs> it, was, it was a great Snapchat. Uh, uh, all right. Um, so, yeah, sorry. So uh, that's, uh, that's all good. Uh, so you're over the record. You're not over it, but it's... I just don't have time it's to, not like, work, It's not worth your valuable work is not being well, paid for by... Record sales. I guess. Anymore. Yeah, I guess if you look at it that way, it is a little bit like that. But it's, it's mainly a, the it's amount a of business. It's the mainly the amount of hours there are in a day versus what the amount of tasks I need to do. And um, when it comes down to prioritizing it, like the immediacy of the gigs that are coming up in the next weekend or the next month or the next six months, like you always have to be thinking ahead. And so it's. So how how many artists are you handling at this point? I feel like I have like thirteen. <laughs> Holy shit! Or something. I haven't counted recently. And are are these are all thirteen of them? full-time uh, quite a few of them are full-time djs so, they so you take any any gigs they're open for there's, there's not like this is my window and fill it up or, or is it some of them are like that uh i have some overseas artists that come on tours or they come for a weekend um i find that to be um fun to work on because then you get to like fill up the day it's like a little pokemon yeah, i mean it's easier because you have a constraint time yeah. yeah but i'm really open to like whatever like i'm really happy to like develop these smaller city scenes because like young people want to live in smaller cities in cities now and they can't afford New York they can't afford LA can't yeah. afford SF so all these like smaller cities are now like I'm getting requests from places I never thought of like Phoenix and Chattanooga and yeah but it's cool too because you know it's so cool you know, I love talking to these yeah. people and a lot of them come to our parties and so it's really this like amazing feedback of people that are like I saw these guys at your party or these girls these women and I want to like bring them to my town and yeah. recreate what I've experienced and bring it to my, do this educating the people around me. And so it grows, you know, I wonder, I, I mean, I always feel like there's, mm -hmm. there's cycles and stuff. I wonder if, it, you know, if mm -hmm. the young people are going to start, it seems like now I've noticed it mm -hmm. with skateboarding is that it's cool now to be like, you're like a country boy, you know, you're like from the, <laughs> yes. Ari you go to Arizona, you live in, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Eastern Oregon or something, you know, these like these places are starting to become cool now. It's like because for so long it was like, oh, when you when you grow up, you move to New York or you move to L.A. Yeah, I mean, we had to. When I just remember when I was like younger, I would read like Paper Mag and be like, oh, man, one day I'm going to move to New York City. Like it was like the goal for everybody yeah. who was really freaky and also ambitious and like had some kind of viewpoint that they wanted to like do something. They would everyone was like, my goals are New York. Yeah, but in the East Coast, especially I hope now, it's, it's changed. Yeah, I mean, it's expensive. Well, I feel like people get like kind of like stroppy about this, like, oh, the internet provides access to everyone to anything, and there's no more like gated freak scenes or subcultures. But I think it's amazing that people can like live anywhere they want and have access to anything they want and like create whatever visions. What was that? But you used this word stroppy. What was it? Stroppy. It means what? like crabby. Okay. 
Sorry, I have to stop people when I don't know the word. Thank I you for asking. Stroppy. That's a good one. Crabby. Like it's spelt like it sounds. Yeah, S-T-R-O-P-P-Y. It's okay. like like little children get stroppy. Like cranky. Cranky. Okay. Good. Yeah. I know, I've never heard that word. Oh. Or I've never, never it's like a British word. Sorry. Stroppy. <laughs> stroppy British yeah, I, word. It's a, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm not as in touch anymore because mm-hmm. I don't really go out as much. That's why. I, I don't go out as much as I used to I either. I started podcasting. Yay. <laughs> but, uh. uh I don't know what's going on with the new. I hope that it goes to because me in mm-hmm. traveling now, I find that I have a much better time when I go to the smaller cities because mm-hmm. it's just like they're. I don't know. They're more free. They don't have the. They're not as tied down by going to work and you know here mm-hmm. it seems like everybody has to get it all in. So when they go there, they go so hard. They're gonna do all the drugs and do mm-hmm. all the drinking and stay out and get sick and stuff like that. But there it seems still a little bit healthier, like a. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in general, like life outside of New York City, like New York City is like a, I don't even know. Battleground. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, rent is really, it's. Rent really is just too damn high. It's really <laughs> it's uh, too damn true. High. Like, you, you know, just every month that, that uh, you know, when I try yes. to pay my rent, I have to shift money from all my bank accounts yeah. and PayPal and. I mean, everyone has to do this like crazy, like, what is it, what is it even like juggling all of your finances? Like yeah. you can't pay them all of the, the bills at once because it's just too much. I, I mean, I don't think that's only in New York that that's happening. Like, rent is really high almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, but places like Orlando and Chattanooga, it's like some of the people that I work with there, they're they're quite young, but they're all just really enthusiastic. Yeah. And I guess sometimes they say that, like, you know, like, bigger agencies won't even really, like, follow up with them or something. But I'm, I think that increasing... Yeah, that's the future. Yeah, and the visibility. Like, I have a lot of, like, queer artists, and, like, I feel like it's really meaningful for all of the community when they go somewhere that they haven't, you know, maybe some people there don't really see queer, yeah. open yeah. people. Like, as as the, the head of the party. Yeah, and, and or women or people of color. Like, I think it's yeah. good, you know, to see a wide variety of DJs just, like, playing yeah, in their smaller towns and um so i don't know i mean i don't know i mean that sounds like something that we should talk about but i don't uh, for me it's it's a Mm -hmm. tricky subject for someone like me to talk about so i'm not sure how i would even enter that conversation you know and it Mm -hmm. also bothers me that you know i'm not even allowed to talk about it yeah well you just can't really i can't speak for others no i can't because you're in a or but i also can't say what i think yeah that's okay kind of weird to yeah. me but but that's just how it is right now so i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna stick to it you know yeah. but i mean I, I think it's a good thing and uh i guess the thing that i'll, I'll just say it mm-hmm. anyways the thing that bothers me is that i don't know when I, these people these people see i can't even say that mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to be in the scene i don't remember that time well i think that I, and, and is that that's just from my perspective i guess yeah problem. but i feel like that actually has to do with like us growing up in a very like a pretty diverse cultural yeah. landscape like there's a lot more reaction now to like atomization and like self-selecting small cultural groups and stuff like i feel like in a way we didn't really either it wasn't talked about or it wasn't acknowledged but new york used to just be like we had to party with everybody because there wasn't enough people like people will complain about a crowd at like a certain venue and I'll just be like thinking about you know the people that we used to have at bunker and we all had to party together because there was so few of us yeah 
and even if you weren't familiar with the cultural background of someone or you didn't, I don't know, they pinched your ass. Like, I, it was just, it wasn't, I can't really explain it. It was just like, there wasn't this choice factor. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't it's, a tr- it's a tricky, tricky yeah. subject. Yeah, I mean, I'm, anyone who wants to have a good time, I am like super down with. Yeah, so I don't, come that's on, bring, my come zone. to the party. You know, come to the party. Like, if you like the music, get really into it, dance really hard. <laughs> like, get confused about where you are in time and space. Jeez. All right. This is too. This. Let's talk about. A, We're getting philosophical. No. No. Now. No. No. That's, that's, um, I'll drink a little wine. <laughs> she told me you were talking about wine being called sad juice. Yeah, wine makes me sad. Alcohol makes me sad so if I drink so it. Drink I had a pina colada yesterday, and I was like crying by two p.m. today, <laughs> like from like one pina colada in the Rockaways. So. But they're so good. I know those <laughs> Connelly's pina coladas. Got to get the virgin one, I guess. No, but I don't get the extra shot put in it, like the floater or whatever. I was like, "Do you want a floater?" I'm like, "No." I had a problem when I had a problem with. I saw, I this I used to DJ at Plant Bar and they had a margarita machine and a pina colada machine. Did you just put your mouth like ripped? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would drink them a lot. But then one day I saw them making it. Oh yeah, I've seen them making it. It's and, super gross. And I was like, I'm not drinking those anymore. It really it's bummed me so out. It's so gross. It's like a slurry. It's some kind of weird like bucket like from like the Subway meatballs. <laughs> yes. You don't want to know how your pina colada gets made, well. No, and then it's then you like start thinking like a soda machine. How they had that weird like mold, but then you're like pina colada molds like i bet there's some in there I don't <laughs> and once you can start thinking about maraschino cherries oh boy i'm not eating i don't eat those oh i, I definitely I get so do. bummed out when you get sushi and there's like a maraschino cherry like, what? like where are you getting sushi i don't know Greenpoint. that's how they do sushi in Greenpoint. chinese people they make it it's uh, maraschino cherries have no place in sushi well or lettuce there's always like a piece of kale or lettuce i just oh yeah the kale is unnecessary I mean, like a refuse plate <laughs> i found out th- i found out that they used to you know, at uh, Pizza Hut buffets, mm-hmm. that they only used to use kale as the as the decoration. Around, oh yeah, I remember around, that around the thing. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't serve it as food. The, dec- <laughs> the kale as decoration was like such a thing. That's weird. I mean, it's very decorative. Um, all right, so let's talk about um, booking agency drama. I mean, are it's we allowed? Oh, let's. Tr- but we have to. We'll tread lightly, so so as you don't <laughs> lose any money. No, <laughs> I definitely don't want that to happen. But so it's ma- it's mainly just like spreadsheets and booking flight. So, but. But now this mm-hmm. booking agents, I didn't, they kind of started in, or not, not, I'd started noticing them maybe in 2008 or 2009 with like the Windish agency. Yeah, like Windish like used to be huge. They got bought by like some even bigger, like Paradigm or oh. some shit. And then, uh, so what, uh, where did this stuff come from? It's just mm-hmm. because, because this kind of music became a bigger business, do you think? Yeah, it has to be, like, financially viable, I think, for booking agents to get involved. And also, like, once there's a certain amount of money involved, you definitely want a contract, Yeah, you know? So I think that was maybe part of the catalyst for it. And some of it maybe was part of, like, all that, like, sponsorship stuff that you were talking about, that we were talking about earlier, like, brands and stuff like liquor sponsorships or just yeah just more money was involved and i think that's when agents stepped in and i I mean i don't know maybe or maybe we just became aware of it at a certain age or something like that. that's also quite possible i don't know i don't know i mean like did people have booking agencies like were sasha and digweed booking their own gigs no they had agencies yeah i I mean the uk has always been pretty far ahead with the yeah business i mean music business all the detroit guys had it had agents did they? Yeah, like the well, because they got screwed, probably. Um, not necessarily. Not all of them. No. Some of them. 
some of them must have. Uh, it, it's just like a part of the, once it becomes a business, you probably need an agent. Yeah, w- uh, so once you're booking shows every weekend and it's your job, then you, you probably get an agent. Mm-hmm. So so I guess that what happened was that our friends that we knew mm-hmm. took the step to where it was going to become their, their career. Yeah, So I they mean needed agents, and so some of our friends, like mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. stepped up and started doing it. Yeah. And uh, who who was your first, do you remember what you, your first thing that you had to book was? Um, I think it was probably Servito, because we were getting a lot of requests for him mm-hmm. in, like, when I started in 2016. And so we had some, um, Adam TM and Tobias did a tour, and I took care of, that was my, like, first, like, international dudes with like standards yeah. kind of like expecting things not to be a total mess and and that was that you were organizing their tour in the u.s yeah so in august of 2016 and that w- uh, but i guess so and that went really quite well they were yeah. happy with how i handled everything and then i started to get more like okay i could do this like the, these are people i really admire and like respect in there what, what were the sh- do you remember the 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 Order of the tour, the um, they played Bunker. I think they played the SF, um, possibly Boston. So not crazy tour, like four or five gigs or something. No, it was two weekends, and it was either three or four gigs. Okay, so n- so this is a not a crazy like a no, where they're gonna like get stuck somewhere. Um, people do get stuck. I mean, that's the main thing is that like you have to be kind of on duty all the time in case that something happens. Because the U.S. is quite big. The U.S. is big, and um, there's a lot of, like, flight problems. Yeah, and it's terrible now. Yeah. You have to fly direct, otherwise it's for yeah, you forget <sighs> about it. And you cannot do any of these cheap airlines. No. Like, you just got to go with, like, Delta or American. JetBlue. JetBlue isn't, they don't have a lot of, uh, not, not a lot of 50 options. 50-50, yeah, oh. they're 50-50 with me. Oh. Good to know. I always like JetBlue, because. I like JetBlue as well, like, as a, as, like, a person going on vacation but i guess some of the djs want to fly in and fly out at certain times yeah they want certain times and you also really want um yeah you definitely don't want indirect flights you don't want anything where your airline has no pull at the air at the airport um all those budget airlines have no pull yeah they can't get you on another flight there's no other flights yeah Yeah. so it's really just like don't try to save that forty dollars Stick to one airline, get status so you can be in the lounge, get free luggage. They take care of you. They're like, yes, sir, what can I do? Yes, ma'am, I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. Like, you really want to, like, expedite your DJ life. And you, you, don't, you don't use a booking agent? No, we, um, you mean, know, uh, a lot of the time. Travel they, agents? Or? No, because um, I know everyone's preferences okay, so really at, like, an atomic level at this point. So I prefer to do it myself because it's less, like, it's just as annoying to, like, have a travel agent where I have to, like, be like, no, they want the window seat. Or, like, don't ever put them on, like, this specific route at this time blah 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 like i just have memorized like all of it so i just it's more efficient for me to do it even though it's time consuming and uh so this most of these tours you're booking they're they're mm-hmm. u.s tours now or, or you're doing both Europe? i do U- uh, u.s uh, and canada u.s and canada yeah. and, and what what are the cities that most of these people are playing in now is there a, a regular route um everyone usually plays in sf or la at least once a year uh philly boston detroit chicago but i'm really doing uh, miami um, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. I mean, basically all the, like, places with more than, like, half a million people. But there's no, like, uh, I mean, there's still, like, Phoenix or Atlanta. Yeah, I'm doing, um, I don't do much in Atlanta. I'm trying to change that. Um, but I do a lot. I I started working with this really nice guy, Edward in Phoenix, who's really sweet. And and what about, there's places like the Milwaukee, Minneapolis. I do Minneapolis a lot. Um, Denver, Colorado. Denver is tough. Uh, it's kind of, like, 
burnery out there. Like they don't seem like they. They're not interested. I don't know what it is. Like I have a hard time connecting. Yeah. And then there's mm-hmm. well, Portland, Seattle. Yeah, we do Portland, sometimes. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle is really nice. They have some nice parties. Vancouver has amazing parties from what everyone tells me. Canada's pretty nice in general. Yeah, I did Edmonton. I never um I sent Justin Cunmore to like um Newfoundland oh, that's recently, cool. which was like really far actually. But isn't he's like a snowboarder or something, isn't he? I don't think so. Oh, that's his sister. Oh no, 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 never mind. No. Never mind. But he had a good time in Newfoundland. It seems nice. It's he said it was really nice, but very, very small. Like it's a, like it's like a city, but it's just like very small. And what did you? They did didn't you have current gear, at all. But there was no rental, no option. So what did he do? I think he played on like X DJ. That's okay. Like zero one point or whatever, and like some mixer. I mean, it was they did what they could, and he yeah. said it was a really fun party. And what did he say? How many? What kind of place it was? Or it was like a? a it was like elk, a bar, I think. Elk Lodge or something. No, we we do an Elk Lodge in Boston or in Cambridge. Boston's weird. Boston is, um, I feel really bad for Boston. Oh, wait, what's Aaron Jay is there now or something? Aaron Jen? Yeah. Yeah, he's there. He's awesome. So he's, he was doing San Francisco for a long time. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's um, But Boston has a lot of problems with licensing because they have a finite number of uh, alcohol licenses and they will not expand it. So in order for something new to open, something old has to close and you have to buy the old license and it's prohibitively expensive as you can imagine. So... Boston is really, um, their nightlife is really suffering due to so over So those of you who restrictions. in Boston that are listening, um, you should listen to the John Barclay episode. He got mm-hmm. some some the, some things lifted yes. here and uh, maybe they can uh, follow his suit. Yeah, his, definitely. His advice was, I don't you didn't hear it yet, but he said that, he didn't say it, but I took from him mm-hmm. that he got the media involved and that was the most powerful thing that he could do mm-hmm. because then the politicians started listening. Is that he, mm. he got people to start talking about it, and that was slowly things started changing. So mm-hmm. maybe Boston can do the same thing. I would hope so. I mean, it's Boston is a little tricky because um, it's so many colleges, and yeah. so there's like but the you young. I think then it'd be more. Open-minded. It's hard. It's like a self perpetuating thing, though, actually, because it's like young people don't want to stay in a city without a vibrant nightlife in 2019. So Boston um, has a lot of people that leave because they want to move somewhere that's more like vital in their mid to late 20s and it's actually something that they oh, it's good for should them. be addressing though oh. that but would you say it's good for them because then the, 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 the housing empties they, they leave no housing is really expensive there yeah. they have a lot of sort of like structural I don't know what's a Boston it's so weird yeah well it's just small yeah you know but it, the rent's pretty expensive from what I gather they have like shows and stuff. I mean, they're, they're, but yeah. like they've always had a big rock scene. Yeah, there's places that are open in Boston though that like we literally were playing at 20 years ago. Like Phoenix Landing has been there since we were like in our 20s, <laughs> and well, that's good, uh, like requests will come in and have someone play at this place, and Brian will always be like, "Oh, that place is still open." I'm like, "Yeah, it's still open. It's always going to be open because it can't close." The only one. It's the only option. And uh, uh okay. oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> okay. I, got dis- I, got I don't dis- know if this is exciting. I don't know. Discussion either. to other people. It, do- it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can just fast forward over this part. There'll be a few dorks tur- t- tuned in. And, mm. and no, but I think people. It is. It is interesting because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's talking about it. Yeah. So it's fine. Well, people know? are kind of like weirdly embarrassed about like money and art being combined, and sometimes in some ways, like I- I'm just like I think that people deserve to make a living yeah. when they've worked their whole lives for something if they're good at it. And yeah. people want to 
yeah, hear them. I mean, you would think so, but the problem is mm -hmm. that, you know, if you say that, then everybody should make money because, you know, oftentimes mm -hmm. if, you know, if, if you're going to these smaller mm -hmm. scenes, you're going from experience, mm -hmm. you're going with the promoter to the ATM afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they're like taking money out of their bank account. Yeah. So Usually that's, I that's, have them all paid in advance. Oh, I know, but so that's not cool either. You know what I mean? Like, but, I, but then you would say like, oh, they should have promoted yeah. better or whatever. But it, I mean, there's an element of that sometimes, but I try to be like, what's realistic for you? Like yeah. I start from with especially smaller promoters, I'm like, what, like, I'm, I can't guarantee that people are going to not lose their shirts on anything, but I will ask them, like, what do you feel like is a realistic yeah, cause I mean, expenditure for what you have experienced in the past? And some of them are kind of, like, stretching yeah. to make something happen that's never happened in their place before. Like, they're like, this is at the higher end of what I can pay. Yeah. But, I mean, you know? yeah, as I mean, if, if you're straight with, I mean, this is, like, what I left my booking agency because of this, like, mm -hmm. I felt they were treating some of some, I, I've been doing it for a while, so I, the, some mm -hmm. of the promoters are my friends. Yeah, and I feel like I know what the club makes, and you know, mm -hmm. if you're going to some place in Eastern Europe where the entrance is, you know, five bucks. Yeah, you're, you can't charge yeah. fifteen hundred euros. You know, it's like, so I had a problem with that, you mm -hmm. know, and they didn't quite understand, and so yeah, I mean that's totally valid. Um, uh, I, I, we need to. You know, make sure it mm -hmm. sounds like you're you're considerate to these. I mean, smaller I try like some we, we, like you said, we need them. You know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes people still like lose money, or I feel really terrible about that if it really just didn't. As hit. long as as long as they're aware of the risk and, and yeah. they know that's what you know they're. And I'm not trying to like gouge anyone. Like I'm like, okay, like can they stay at your house? Like as long yeah. as there's like an actual bed and a door, like no couches, no air mattresses. Sorry, but as long as like a lot of these places, people they have a friend with a guest bedroom yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like. Yeah. comfortable yeah, you know sure. so i'll be like is that an option like and you get like fresh baked bread or yeah <laughs> like you meet their cat like that's always good yeah um, if you're not allergic but yeah i guess it's like definitely a balancing act like some of the higher paying gigs kind of subsidize the less yeah you know the less profitable ones and so so people shouldn't be scared to contact no about you know if you're Never. In, if you're in a smaller city yeah. And you want to bring one of these Bunker New York artists. Yeah. Just email Michelle and with two L's and E at thebunkerny.com and I'll do my best to make it work for you. And, and it's good for everybody. For you anyone. Know, you, you, you might uh, be a little risky, I guess, but, mm -hmm. you know, we gotta we got to still do it out there. Mm -hmm. um, what do, do you have anything? I don't know. I don't know how if you're in a big hurry or not. We've been going for how long now? little bit uh, almost an hour and a half now oh god this is i'm sorry everyone this no is no too no much. we're not too long but is there anything else that you feel like that you wanted to bring up that you haven't talked about or that i missed or, or no i think that was it i'm sorry i think i talked about bookings a little bit too much that no no i think i think that i don't know if that's interesting to people i feel i think it is interesting well thanks I mean, I wouldn't have had you if I didn't think it was interesting oh thanks i want yeah. to I, I just want to have people that are around and yeah. i know that they're participating in this mm -hmm. thing, and they have good intentions, and mm -hmm. I, I, I think you're one of them. I most of the time. And and, you and if I see you at a party, I'm always like, yeah, all right, good. <laughs> well, I remember you were like, you're a true freak to me one time, yeah. and I'm outside one time. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what you want to see people like And I felt flattered. You want to see people like you at a party, and then you're like, oh, finally, someone I can talk to about whatever we talk about. <laughs> Orgone jewelry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 5G. Yeah, we whatever. I don't, I feel like I have to think about, like, I'm not self-conscious when I'm with you, so it's okay. Thanks, because um, I'm pretty accepting. Yeah, yeah. I of all so. kinds of. I guess so. I don't know. You probably treat everybody people. like that, though. Most people. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> not me. No. 
<laughs> Terrible. But um, yeah. So, thanks. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you for now. Coming. We're gonna go do the Joe Rogan podcast. I know you're a little. Uh, we're gonna watch some Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan after this. <laughs> but thanks. Thanks. Um, see you guys uh, next time. Bye. Bye. You guys are best. <laughs>